I believe it's going to be a powerful day for so many. I know that some of you are sitting out there today and you're like, I'm not even married. And I just want to say, congratulations, you're still in the right spot. Uh, you're still here for a reason. It's still going to help you, I promise. Some of you are like, I'm just praying that one day I find somebody worth marrying, you know. Um, and it's, it, you're in the right spot today because like I said just a few minutes ago, uh, what you believe in, you invest in. And so you're at least already investing in a future relationship. And if you're married today, uh, we're going to talk about some real things as we talk about what it means to build uh, on a foundation that lasts. So uh, we're going to get into week one of our love handles. And I know some of you heard the title of the series and you're like, man, I don't like working out. You know, I like my I like my dad bod, as Pastor Travis said just a few minutes ago. But it's not that it's we get a lot of ideas and concepts and, uh, and stuff on marriage a lot of times. Uh, but sometimes if you're anything like me, sometimes you can hear these grandiose ideas and these big uh, concepts of marriage and of life, but there's no real handle to grab a hold of and like carry it home and do something with it. You know what I'm saying? It's like, okay, that's good, but I can't carry it. There's no handle on it. There's no real way to pick it up. And I, over this series, I encourage you don't miss a week of the series. In fact, I encourage you friends don't let friends miss this series at Radiate Church. Um, bring somebody with you because we're going to talk about some ideas that we're going to put handles on so that we can grab them, take them home, and we can put them to work. Because I just believe here that we can talk about great things all day long, but it's not until we take them home and we do something with the Word of God that lives change. Amen? And so as you're taking notes today, I want to, I want to encourage you to title it this. I don't have a specific scripture. We're going to really uh, uh, bounce around, but you can title it this, Strong Foundations. Strong Foundations today. Um, I want to tell you this, that last week we released our first ever marriage conference uh, one night right here at Radiate and registration opened last week with an early bird and all that stuff. And the great thing is, is that before the end of this service, the second service, um, the great thing is it sold out. You know, we filled up and that's an amazing thing. So we got to work in this week um, and we found a place that's bigger. And uh, so we have opened up some more spots, correct? They're still open. We still have some more spots available at our marriage one night. Now, I do believe that these are going to go. Uh, I don't, I, I, it's going to sell out again, but we, this is the, the last change that we can make to it. So make sure you go ahead, sign up, stop by the Connect Center on the way out. Just tell them you want to sign up for the marriage one night and we'll get you in there so that we can do this. All right. You guys ready to get started today? Yeah. All right, let's go. So I, I want to tell you, this is one of our favorite series of the year, like, it's practical. I've seen people walk in the door, literally multiple couples walk in the door and divorce papers are in their purse. I've seen people walk in and say this is their last option. If this doesn't work, they're going to call off the engagement. They're going to leave each other something. And I've watched God take the truths uh, that we talk that he talks about in the Bible and use them to restore relationships and rip up divorce papers and bring people back to a place to where now they have kids and their marriage is stronger than it's ever been before. And I believe, I don't know about you, you may not believe this yet, I believe that same thing is going to happen again this year in this series. I really do. Another thing I love is about 10 months after this series, every single year, our nursery is really trying to find more workers because there's a lot of babies up in that bad boy. And so you guys put the principles in here to work. Praise God. So during this series, we're going to commit, and I want you to grab a hold of this statement, and I want you to understand that marriage, current, future, doesn't matter, marriage is a commitment to commit 
to the commitment of marriage. Marriage is a commitment. So it's an, and here's what a commitment is. It's doing what you said you would do after the feeling has passed. Let me say that again. Doing what you said you would do after the feeling has passed. That's commitment, right? So there's going to be days you wake up and you don't feel like being committed to what you committed to commit to. But commitment is going, I will stick this out. I will stick this out. I will commit to the I do. I will commit to what I told God, what I told family, what I told friends, what I told my spouse I would commit to, right? And so over the course of this series, we're going to commit to build a marriage on a foundation that lasts. We're going to commit to build on a strong foundation. We're going to commit that we're going to leave the past in the past and we're going to move forward to a better future. We're going to commit that we're going to eliminate the escape hatch. We're going to commit that we're going to eliminate any option that we're going to walk out of this thing. And what that means. We're also going to commit that I'm going to make you better, not just me better. That's the commitment that we're making during this series. And, and I'm excited to get into this thing and understand that, that marriage, or, uh, investing in your marriage is the second greatest investment you'll ever make. Some of you guys are like, wait, it, it's got to be the first. No, the first greatest commitment or investment you'll ever make is into your body. I mean, into your spirit and into your salvation. It's into your faith. It's into what God is bringing you to, right? It's to uh, who God is in your life and who Jesus is to you. The second greatest commitment and investment you'll ever make is in your marriage. And we're going to talk about what that looks like because I believe one of the things that, uh, the reasons that marriage has lost its appeal in our century today, in our society today, I think one of the reasons that the enemy has such a stronghold in our uh, marriages today and things are falling apart is because our foundations aren't strong. Because here's the thing about a foundation, right? We have to build a foundation, whether you realize it or not, you've already built a foundation of your marriage. You've already built a foundation of who you're going to be and who your relationship is going to be and what it's going to be like. You've already built the foundation. I want to work on today building a foundation. There's two key words, building. Number one, building is messy. I want you to hear me. Building is messy. I know, I know Hollywood makes marriage seem like it is blissful all the time. Hollywood is a liar. Hollywood is a liar. Listen, men, your wife isn't always going to want to have sex when you want to. Told you to check your kids in. You're just not. Hey, wives, listen, your husband isn't going to look like uh, a Channing Tatum all the time with his shirt off doing the dishes. It's not going to happen. Okay. Hey, they're not always going to show up with random love notes and read your mind all the time. It's not that simple. If it was, everybody would last all the time. Listen, Hollywood spends billions of dollars to make marriage look as good as it does on the silver screen. Marriage can get messy. It takes building. It takes getting in the mud. It takes getting in the muck. It takes working on the cement and on, the, the, on, the, on, on leveling things out. It takes figuring out how to speak their love language. It takes figuring out how to fight fair, right? If you're trying to figure out what fighting fair means, you probably don't do it. It's okay to laugh sometimes, guys. Like, we, 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 uh, building a foundation is, is tough, but the foundation, hear me, determines the stability of the structure. Your house is only as strong as the foundation is strong. 
This building that we're in today is only as strong as the foundation is strong. And if you've ever been in a place to where the foundation has to be fixed, you know it gets expensive and it gets messy and it gets frustrating to fix a foundation because everything that you've bought from Target from the Chip and Joanna Gaines collection has to come down, has to get torn up, right? You have to fix the pipes that nobody sees, but it messes up what you've worked to make look good and all this stuff. And it gets expensive. Why? Because the foundation isn't right. And if the foundation isn't right, it doesn't matter how hard you work to make everything look good. It's going to fall down anyway. And so what I want to do on the first week of this Love Handle series is I want, to, I want us to talk about how do we build a strong foundation? What does it mean to build a foundation that lasts? Matthew chapter 7 Verses 24 through 27. I'm not going to read this story. It's a, I'm going to reference it. You can write it down and go back to it later. But Matthew 7, 24 through 27 is another parable where Jesus is teaching about two men that, that build a house. And one man, you know the story, the one man builds a house on the sand. And it says he builds a house on the sand and the winds come and the rain comes and the storms come and it gets difficult and it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a frustrating situation for the man and the house falls. And then it says there's another man that builds a house on the rock and he builds the house and the rains come and the winds come and the storms come and it gets frustrating, gets difficult, but the house continues to stand because of what he built the house on. I want to tell you something today. Here's the truth and, and it's going to come on the screen that when I build my marriage on God, I can withstand anything. I want you to hear me today. Most of the time we want to give up in our marriages and in our relationships. And it's not because you're bad and it's not because I'm bad. It's because we're not building it on something solid to begin with. Jesus is teaching here that if you build it on me, if you build it on the rock of Jesus, on salvation, on grace, on forgiveness, if you, if you build it on the character of God, then you can withstand the frustrating times. You can withstand the moments where she doesn't agree and you don't agree. You can withstand the moments of financial stress and turmoil. You can withstand the moments where things just get hard. Why? Because I'm built on a solid foundation. I built on a rock. I, I love, um, if you want to reference this as well, Acts chapter 4, verses 10 through 11 actually tells us what that rock is. It says that the rock, the cornerstone of the foundation, is the rock that the builders rejected. In other words, they're saying, and if you read it, it says that the Messiah, Jesus Christ, the one that everyone has rejected and the one that has hung on a cross is the cornerstone of the building. That the cornerstone is the strongest piece of the foundation. Do you know why? Because it upholds the most weight. And so I want to I wanna talk about today as we build a foundation for our marriages, there's four corners to every foundation. And so I think there's four ways that we need to build on the foundation of Jesus Christ, on the foundation of God. And here's what I know. There's people in the room today that are single. There's people in the room today that are married. There's people in the room today that are dating and there's people in the room today that are engaged. And I want you to know something. These four things are universal no matter where you are or when you get married. This is a strong foundation and I want to talk about that. The first thing we have to do is we have to pick up our rock and we have to understand that we have to place the cornerstone, right? And, and so the first cornerstone we have to give, the first cornerstone that has to be put up there is this one. And I believe that this is the cornerstone that holds the most weight. I believe this is the cornerstone that is the most difficult. This is the cornerstone that if we don't get this one right, the other three probably won't fall into place. And it's this. We have to honor God first. Amen. We have to honor God. 
God first. Before anything else, we have to honor God and we have to place that cornerstone right there, first and foremost, before anything else. If you look in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, they're going to throw it on the screen for me. It says this, therefore I urge you, brothers, by the mercies of God. In other words, please, by the mercy of God, just listen to me. Present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual act of worship. Please hear me today. He says, present your bodies. He doesn't say present your soul. He doesn't say present your heart. He doesn't say present your spirit. Here's what he says, present your body. In other words, present every thought you have, present everything you see, Prevent, uh, present everything you say, present everything you hear, present everywhere you go, present every workout you have, present everything about your body. Wherever your body goes, please present that as your act of worship. In other words, everything that we do physically is an extension of what we honor spiritually. That's why a lot of us will focus on behavior modification because if I can get my behavior right, then I'll honor God. I would venture to say the Bible tells me everything flows from the heart. Therefore, if I get my heart focused on loving and not doing, then my behavior gets better because it's focused out of a spiritual act of worship and not a religious obligation. And so whenever we worship God or we honor God first, then I can now love my wife better. I can love my spouse better. I can honor people better. I do things differently because I don't want to just, you know, skirt by and, and ride the line. And I'm not lying if I leave this little detail out and blah, blah, blah. And we ride the line. In other words, we go, God, is what I'm about to say honoring you? Hey, God, I see, hey, let's just get real with this thing. Hey, God, I see that person across the gym, and they're very attractive is what I'm thinking about them honoring you. Hey, God, that, that, that movie that I'm watching, I don't know if I should be watching it or not, but does it honor you? Hey, God, what I want to say to this person, is it honoring you? Honoring God is not just going, oh, I can't screw up today. Honoring God is going, my whole life is dedicated to loving the one that loved me first. My whole life is dedicated to showing externally what I feel internally and what I'm committed to internally. It doesn't mean that we're perfect. It means that we live based on what we're committed to. Because what I care about, I invest in. And I want to honor God first. I don't want to honor anybody. I don't want to honor anything else first. Because here's the thing I want you to grasp about honor. Honor is placing value on the, on the uh, potential or the promise of someone. And so the Bible tells me that God is to be on the throne, the top throne, the head throne. And so if I honor any, please grab this. If I honor anything other than God, I pick up God's rightful place as the cornerstone of my life, and now I place something else there. In other words, I look at God and I go, hey God, I know that you're the cornerstone. I know that you sit on the throne, but I honor my check more than I honor you, and therefore I need you to move because I got to put a signed piece of paper there. 
Hey, God, I know you sit on the throne and I know you are God almighty, but this is a season where I honor my job more than I honor you. So I need you to move because my boss needs to sit there. Hey, God, I know that you sit on the throne of our lives and I know that you're the creator of all, but I really need to. Some of us, we put our kids there. Hey, God, I'm going to honor my kids before I honor you. I need you to slide over because my two year old needs a seat. Come on. And so we've got to learn that the first cornerstone is we honor God above anything or anyone else because his rightful place is on the throne and no one else's and no, nothing else's. And so the first cornerstone is we have to honor God first. The second cornerstone that we have is, is, is really key. And we'll do this as an offshoot of what we honor. And it's this, Matthew six thirty three says, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. In other words, the second cornerstone is I have to seek God first. Seek God's first. Matthew 6, 33, I just quoted it to you. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. What is all these things? If you want to understand what these things are, you have to go back and read the previous scriptures and understand the context of what Jesus is teaching. And right before he makes this statement, Jesus is telling a group of people not to worry, not to stress, not to have anxiety about what they'll eat tomorrow, about what they're going to do tomorrow, not about what they're going to wear. In fact, he says this, don't worry about tomorrow for if you seek me first I'll add everything you need unto you so maybe hear me maybe I need to stop seeking Dr. Phil's advice before I seek God's maybe I need to stop putting my marriage junk all over Facebook and seeking their opinion before I seek his direction come on maybe I need to stop seeking the likes on Instagram for a filtered marriage that isn't even real and start seeking his approval. Seek God first and all these things will be added unto you. In other words, I don't know about y'all. In my marriage, in my relationship, we disagree. Anybody with me in the room? We don't always see eye to eye. And see, I'm the one, I'm the one that's very driven. I'm the one that's very goal oriented. I'm the one that's always like, let's go, 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 go. In fact, I told somebody in my green room just a few moments ago, I told him, I said, hey, I don't even like, if I'm sitting still, I feel unproductive. I could be sitting still, but I've got to be reading or watching something of value or something or else I just feel like I'm wasting my life away, right? And that there's times where my wife is like, let's just sit. Let's just sit right here. Just sit and just be present. And I'm like, I'm present. I'm right here. She's like, no, you're not present. You're thinking. And we'll have these conversations and it's fun. And, and I, I've learned how to poke fun at her in these situations and like really get her going. And then I'm like, babe, I'm just kidding. I'm here for you. Put my arm around. I'm like, I'm so present. Right? We have to learn to see. Maybe, maybe, hear me. My arguments would come out the right way and I'd learn how to fight fair if I sought God first. Maybe I would know how to speak her love language if I stopped trying to get her to seek me and I sought God. Come on, somebody. Maybe, maybe I'd figure out how to provide for my family the right way without stressing if I sought God first before I sought a, a, a job application. Now, don't leave here and go, Pastor said I didn't even have to look for a job. Just seek God first and then fill out the applications, okay? 
You see what I'm saying? Like maybe there's a lot of things in our marriages that we stress about and we have anxiety about and we're frustrated about and it's difficult and it's angering because we don't understand it and we don't know what to do and all these things are taking place. Maybe if we sought God, no, not maybe, definitely if we sought first the kingdom of God, then all those things would work itself out. I'd learn how to be the dad I need to be, the husband I need to be, the pastor I need to be, the man I need to be. Because when I said I do, I made a spiritual covenant with her. And in my vows, it said that I will always seek God first. Because here's the truth, y'all. Her opinion doesn't always line up with God's. My opinion doesn't always line up with God's. So if I don't know what God's saying, I can't alter what I believe to be true to the real truth of God. So we seek God first. We honor God first. We seek God first. And then we, the third cornerstone is, is this. We take this, so we honor God. We seek God. And then we serve God first. Can I just tell you something that's going to sound a little um, uh, opposite of maybe what you know or what you've been taught. It's this, that I'm not here to serve my wife first. You're not on this earth to serve your spouse first. You're on this earth to serve God first. It is him who breathed life into your lungs. It is him who put purpose into your body. It is him who put breathed into your spirit. It is him who did that. I am to serve God first with every single Thing that I have. Matthew, I mean Mark chapter 12, verses 30 through 31. It's going to come on the screen. I really want to read that. It says, And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And then verse 31 throws it out there. The second is this: You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. In other words, here's the truth. We can know, and most of us would agree, that the two greatest things, the greatest call on our life is to love God, love others. But here's the truth, that doesn't exclude your spouse. Please hear me, because often we'll take that and we'll love our neighbor way more than we'll love our spouse. We'll be more tolerant of a stranger and food lion than we are of the one that we share our house with 24 hours a day. We will admire the beauty of someone we'll never know their name more than we will the one that God's called us to love. Come on, let's talk for real. And the truth of the matter is, is we have to know this statement is that you can't fully love God and not love others. In fact, if I was to reword it, I'd say it like this. You can't fully love God and not fully love your spouse. You can't say, oh God, I love God with everything I've got. But man, I just don't want to be around her. And she just this, and she just that. No, you cannot fully love God and dislike his children. Because she was his daughter before she was your wife. And he was his son before he was your husband. And we have to come to a place to where I love God. And because I love God, I love them, and I love them with everything I have. Let me, let me put it to you in a very practical way like this. The way I love my spouse is indicative of how much I love God. The, the dedication, the sacrifice, the honor, the appreciation, the beauty that I see in my spouse, hear me, is indicative of my relationship with God. In fact, 
God tells us this, that we, the church, are considered his bridegroom. And at the end of eternity, when our eternity begins, he's preparing a feast for us for our wedding day. When we are joined back together with him, all together at the end of our days. And he goes, you are like my spouse. And I will give everything to you. And I will give everything for you. And that is our call. It is not our call for them to sacrifice for us. It is our call to sacrifice for them. Yeah, but the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5 that she is to submit to me. Well, men, be someone worth submitting to. It says, it also says that men are to love the wife as God loved the church. In other words, make her better, and then her job is to make you better. And if we're making each other better, then the whole boat rises with the tide. All the boats rise. The marriage gets better. The kids get better. The church gets better. Society gets better. We don't have kids walking around in fatherless generations trying to figure out how to be a man. But we got whole family units walking around teaching what that means to build a foundation on God. Honor God first. Seek God first. Serve God first. My wife knows this. Hear me. My wife knows this about me, and I know this about her. My job is not to serve her first. My job is not to wake up in the morning and look at her and go, you tell me what to do, almighty one, and I will do it. My job is to serve God first, and by serving God, I also serve her. And then whenever my body is a living sacrifice of worship, when I serve her, I'm serving him. And so I come to a place to where my job isn't to serve her first. In fact, the biblical way to do this is God is first, spouse is second, kids are third. Some of you guys are like, I don't know about that. I'm telling you what it is right now. If we get that out of whack, then everything else gets thrown off. Because I don't want her to carry the weight of God being the first cornerstone. But I also don't need my kids carrying the weight of the intimacy I need with my spouse. Y'all were like, you just went weird. No, I'm talking about mental, physical, spiritual. When your kids get out of the way, then you look to them for things that your spouse is supposed to give. Oh, come on now. Anybody? Is this helping anybody? And the fourth one, the last one is this. The fourth block is we have to, we have to take this cornerstone, and this may be the most difficult one, is to trust God first. Proverbs chapter 3 says this, you may know it by heart, you may understand it by heart, but Proverbs chapter 3 says that we are not to lean into our own understanding, but we are to lean into his knowledge and his wisdom and his spiritual direction. And, and that can be difficult for us because we think we know everything. Anybody with me? I think I know better than anybody else a lot of times. But here's what I'm learning, that it's not about what I know, it's about what he knows. It's about where he's directing. And here's what can happen, right? Please hear me on this. A lot of times on this one, when there's difficult moments, we won't pray and say, God, direct me, show me, guide me. We'll take one of the cornerstones. Maybe it's this one. Maybe it's another one. And we'll either lay ourselves down in place or we'll lay our spouse down in place. And now all of a sudden, the cornerstone of Jesus that was supposed to bear the weight of our relationships, that was supposed to hold up the walls, that was supposed to hold up all the Chip and Joanna Gaines stuff. I'm going to get a commission off of that. 
The foundation of Jesus, the cornerstone that was supposed to hold everything up for us has now fallen apart and we make these statements, I can't take anymore. I, I, can't, I can't bear any more weight. Don't put anything else on me. I can't take it. And here's why. Because we were never meant to be the cornerstone in the first place. We were never meant to take the place of the stone. We were never meant to be the foundation. We were never meant to be any of that. We were meant to allow Jesus to be the one thing that supported the weight. And so there comes a point where we have to go, what part am I replacing him with her? At what part am I replacing him with me? And now we got to go, I will put him back in his rightful place so that everything else can be built on the foundation of Jesus. Because I can't carry the weight. And when we do this and we move it and we look at our spouse and we're like, I'm going to build this on your back. You're a good man. You're a good woman. I need everything from you. Blah, blah, whatever it is, put, fill in the blanks. You're my salvation and you're this and you're that. I want to tell you something. You break their back, which will break your marriage, which will destroy their confidence in God and yours and your kids and their kids and their kids. Why? Because I'm putting them in a place they were never graced to be. And so the importance of this is this. In Psalm chapter 127, in verse 1, it says, Unless the Lord builds the house... They labor in vain who built it. It doesn't say unless you build the house. It doesn't say unless your smoking hot wife builds the house. It doesn't say unless your amazing man builds the house. Unless your kids build the house, unless the church, unless life group, unless a marriage series builds out. No, it says unless the Lord, the Lord builds the house. Here's why. Because he already knows the end from the beginning. And when I'm built on him, I've got a strong ground and a strong foundation where the walls can go up and we can budget together and we can live together and we learn what real sexual intimacy is and not this flagrant stuff where we go around and flippantly sleep with people to see if we're attracted to them. That's not sexual intimacy that God created. When we build on the right foundation, then we figure out the rest. Why? Because when the Lord builds the house, it doesn't fall. Because we can work and work and work our hands to the bone to try to make it work. But unless the Lord builds the house, we labor in vain. Now, I understand that scripture is talking about the church, but I believe the church is made up of people, which is made up of marriage relationships. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman keeps awake in vain. Hear me, men, we are called to be the watchmen of our wives and our families. But hear me today, if you're doing it without the help of God, there will come a moment where you can't keep everything out and it will all be in vain because it will all fall apart. Unless we build on God 
And I know, I know, y'all are like, man, I came in for like some really practical Dr. Phil stuff. Here's my Dr. Phil for you. How you feel about that? How's that make you feel? Those are the two questions he asks all the time. The greatest thing that I can ever give a married couple, the greatest thing I could ever give an engaged couple or somebody that's dating and wants to be married one day is this. Don't replace the cornerstones. Ever. A man or a woman cannot fill the void that God placed in you that is for him. Don't replace the cornerstones. Let God build the house. And here's what I believe today. I believe there's people in the room that you're looking and you're going, that's me. I'm laying where the rock is supposed to be. I'm laying where the cornerstone should be. I'm laying here, she's laying there, he's laying there, whatever it is. I've put them in that place and it's not fair to me. It's not fair to them. It's not fair to God. It's not the way it's meant to be. And now it makes sense why the foundation's falling apart. It makes sense why he says not to get into too much intimacy before I get into a place of marriage because now I've built a foundation on sexual intimacy instead of spiritual intimacy with him. And now I'm in this. I'm not seeking him first. I'm seeking her first. And now every waking moment is how can I please her and how can I please him? And and, and I'm not honoring and I'm not serving him. Uh, uh, God, I'm serving them and I'm not trusting. You know what I'm saying? Like we're in this thing and I want to tell you something. When we change the cornerstones, it changes everything. There's relationships restored. There's marriages healed. There's hearts mended. Everything changes when the foundation changes. If you would stand to your feet with me today. I believe that God, through this message today, is setting a foundation, not only for this series as we build on it, but in our lives, in our marriages, in our relationships. And I believe that God is restoring some things and changing some things. And so here's what I want to do. Same thing I did in the first service. If you would bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment and just let God just talk to you for a second. Maybe you're in a place and you're like, I don't know what God's voice sounds like. You know that drawing deep down on the inside? That's the Holy Spirit saying something. God, I need to put my pride off the throne. It's you. I need to put my expectations off the throne. I need to put them, whatever it is. And I just want to ask this simple question. If you're in the room today and you'd say, Pastor, I want to build on the right foundation. Maybe you haven't. Maybe you have. Maybe you've tried. Maybe the cracks in the foundation are showing up. Maybe you're on your last leg and you got to dig up all the tile floor you just put down in your marriage. Whatever it is, I need to build on you. First thing that we can do is give our hearts to the Lord. Give our hearts to God and just ask him for forgiveness and to start over today. If that's you and you're in the room and you need a new life, you need new salvation with Jesus Christ, would you hold your hand up today to tell me, Pastor, I need to give my life to Jesus today and today is the day I want to start. Amen. Anybody else? Hold them up. They're going to slip a clipboard into your hand. Because we want to walk this out with you. We're not leaving you alone. We're doing it as a team.
come on. Keep your hand up until you get that that clipboard and then fill that card out and take it by the Connect Center on the way out. But I just want to pray if everybody would say this with me. Dear Jesus, I give you my life. Forgive me for who I've been. I've tried to do it alone. But today, right now, I ask for your forgiveness. Grab my hand. Walk with me. Help me live for you and start a new life. I want to build my life on your rock. I give you all that I have. I am yours. You're mine. Thank you for a new life today. Church, can we give it up for five people that gave their hearts to Jesus this morning? Now, eyes closed one more time. If you're in the room and you go, I need my marriage, my future or current marriage built on the right foundation. And I just want to say to God, I'll do what I need to do and I'll change the cornerstone. I need to change in my marriage and in my relationship. If that's you, would you throw your hand up and hold it up right now? I believe it's going to be a symbolic thing to look at God and God's going to send down favor in your way, direction and guidance. He's going to show you what to do. He's going to show you what it means. God, I just lift you up today. I glorify you. I believe your spirit is working in these room, in this room. I believe your spirit is working in their hearts. And God, I just declare that right now, marriages are being restored, that hearts are being mended, that you're opening up new avenues. You're opening up doors that they've closed. Right now, God, people are going to walk out of here with a greater determination to live for you, to walk with you, to be with you. I believe kingdom marriages are rising up. God, that I believe that right now, you're giving us direction to replace you at back at the place of the cornerstone that we need to build the foundation we honor you we worship you and we celebrate you today in your name we pray amen make some noise in the house today radiate i believe god's changing something go home invite somebody back next week sign up for the marriage conference let's go change the world see you next sunday even when I don't feel it, you are.